If you're the type of baseball fan who can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stay Scots. We're also on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, and you can find me in the Spotify Green Room at Stay Scots. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. So, my plans for the crossover fell through. Poor DC of Locked On Mariners woke up ill this morning, so we rescheduled for tomorrow. I will have a preview of tonight's matchup between Jamison Tyone and Justice Sheffield. I'll give you any Yankees news you need to know. And then we will have the crossover on tomorrow's episode. So we'll have a full game between the Yankees and Mariners to talk about on tomorrow's show. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. So you hear the roar of my AC in the background because it is a hot day in New York and there's no way I could record in this room without air conditioning running. So I apologize for that noise in the background. I am sitting as close to the microphone as I possibly can to make it so it's not so loud, but I don't think I'm doing a very good job, but I will do my best. So tonight, Yankees, Mariners... First time they're facing each other in a while, thanks to COVID. And it's Jamison Tyone against Justice Sheffield. Justice Sheffield has been having a rough season. So has Tyone, as we all know, as Yankee fans. I don't know if you all have been paying attention to the Mariners. I know I actually haven't really, but they're doing better than the Yankees. They're 45 and 40. As I say all the time, I don't start paying attention to things happening with other teams, other than AL East teams, obviously, until later in the season when it looks like the playoff matchups are kind of shaping up or something to that effect. So let's go through it. Jamison Tyone so far this season, 3-4 and four with a 5.43 ERA, 73 strikeouts. Justice Sheffield, 5-7 and seven with a 5.88 ERA, 57 strikeouts. Tyone's last start against the Angels, he lasted five and a third, gave up five runs on nine hits, one walk, four strikeouts. The Yankees won that game. He was lucky. That was the 11-5 game. In his last seven games, he's pitched 32 innings, has given up 18 runs on 36 hits, with 27 strikeouts, 11 walks. He is 2-1 with a 5.06 ERA in those last seven games. After he pitched six and one-third against Kansas City, and we thought maybe he turned a corner, he kind of fell back a bit. It happens. 
It'll be interesting to see how he does against the Mariners. Again, they're 45 and 40, so they're above 500. They're doing better than the Yankees are. That's not that hard to do this season with the way the Yankees have been playing. As for Justice Sheffield, in his last seven games, he's 2-4 and four with a 7.36 ERA. That's seven starts. 33 innings, 27 earned runs on 47 hits, 26 strikeouts, 19 walks. I almost said balls. I don't know why I keep doing that, but yeah. So over his career, Sheffield is 9-11 and 11 in 35 games with a 5.10 ERA. And you know how I always say that when the Yankees are up against a guy with a bloated ERA, those are the guys that scare me the most. It figures they come out against Otani and run him out after not even an inning and seven runs. And then these guys who come in with ERAs above four or five are the ones that tend to shut them down. So we'll see what happens tonight. I think it's slightly amusing that I am on Yankees.com and the big ad on the page is for T-Mobile because that's what Seattle's field is named now. It's no longer Safeco in case you didn't know that. It's T-Mobile Field, I believe. I don't think it's T-Mobile Park, although they may have changed it to T-Mobile Park. Let me double check on that. Oh, T-Mobile Park. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, it, they took over before last season, I believe. So obviously the Yankees haven't played there since it became Let's see. Let me just make sure, because I want to double check that. But yeah, Safeco had a 20-year naming rights deal with the Mariners. And yeah. Oh, hold on. No, I think the Yankees did play there when it was T-Mobile Park. Because the name change took effect January 1st, 2019. Hmm. See, it's funny. The 2019 season doesn't seem that long ago, two years ago, but if feels like it was more than two years ago, and I don't remember it being T-Mobile Park then. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So it's the first trip to T-Mobile Park since 2019 for the Yankees, and uh, we'll see how they do. This is a, oh, it's only a three, and then the Yankees head to Houston after that. So this is not an easy pre-All-Star break trip for your Yankees, and this could make or break them. They're at the point of no return. If they can't win at least three out of these six games, and even that's not great, but if they can't win three out of these next six games, they're in big trouble. In a moment, I'll have more Yankees news to discuss, including an Instagram post by Aroldis Chapman that you may find interesting. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the brand their warehouse only carries? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
So Aroldis Chapman had a message for Yankee fans. Basically, I'm going to get better. Please don't hate me. <laughs> That's essentially what he said. I'll... I'll give you the full statement. Hold on. <laughs> but that's the gist. <laughs> okay, here we go. For all those people that criticizes my... I'm reading this verbatim. For all those people that criticizes my bad moments, I will tell them that I do not know how my story ends, but in its pages you will never read I gave up. So I will move on. I still have many wars to win and many mouths to shut up. And then he put it in Spanish for everyone else to read. Aaron Judge responded with two fists. Luke Voigt responded with two fire emojis. My closer, two more fire emojis. <laughs> Let's see if any other Yankee players. CC Sabathia, keep it going, cuz, we with you. And uh, bicep emojis. Let's see if anyone else. Oh, Jorge Cantu. Remember him? He played for the A's. The A's. The Rays. Did he ever play for the A's? It's possible. Um, Edwin Encarnacion responded in Spanish. I don't, um, I'm not very good at Spanish. Urshela responded with two bicep emojis. You know, obviously his teammates have his back. Kyle Higashioka also responded in Spanish, which I find amusing and awesome. Um, a lot of people, Todd Frazier, Wilson Ramos, Yonder, um, oh God, Alonzo. Yeah, there we go. I'm like, wait, what's his name? I blanked out. So a lot of people supporting Chapman. You all know how I feel about Chapman. I have my issues with him because of everything that happened five years ago. Still not thrilled that he's on the Yankees, but he's here. And what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> and Luis Sessa, who I didn't realize was Kike Sessa on Instagram. I don't follow a lot of the Yankee players. I follow some of them from the Locked On Yankees account, but not from my personal account. So anyway, that's what Aroldis Chapman had to say. Uh, it would be nice if he could turn things around at some point very soon because he is really hurting the team right now. Those were two winnable games that he blew and two backbreaking games for the Yankees. So... We'll see what happens with him. I was going to say the All-Star break could be a good time for him to relax and reflect, but he made the All-Star team. So if he's going to Colorado, he's not really going to have a lot of time to relax, which is fine. Maybe he'll talk to someone that can help him out. Maybe there's another player there who's gone through something similar to this, although I can't really think of someone that's fallen off a cliff this badly and for this long. Because as I keep saying, this isn't a recent thing. He hasn't been doing well since mid-May, and we're in the beginning of July, heading into the middle of July. So this is a big problem for him, and he needs to turn things around. The Yankees need him to turn things around. He needs to turn things around for himself. I don't know what the solution is, but it'll be interesting to see how he does leading into the All-Star break and how he comes out of the All-Star break. Actually, the whole team. As a whole, it'll be... This is something to watch. As I said, these next six games are not going to be easy against the Mariners and the Astros, especially on the road. And this is a big test for them. And it's possible that they could fail it miserably. But there's also a chance they might not. So, you know, this team is so up and down. You never know what they're going to do. Remember before the Blue Jays and A's series where I just figured the Yankees were not going to do well and then they won five out of six. So, it's just you don't know what's going to happen with this team. I can't even make a prediction at all as to how they're going to do the next six games. 
So because of the off day, and because it's a West Coast game and the game doesn't start till 10, it's 3.30, 3.31 Eastern right now when I'm recording this. I figured I could wait a little later because there's a lot of time before the game. But there's not a lot of news going on. So on Yankees.com, there is an article about the Yankees' five greatest all-star game moments written by Brian Hoke, who I'm going to have on the show soon to talk about his latest book that I have. I've skimmed through it. I haven't actually read it yet. The Zoom Room book. It's all about last season and how odd it was having to do everything through Zoom. And as you all know, because a lot of you had to be working from home because of the pandemic, also had to use Zoom rooms all the time. So it should be an interesting read. So, okay, the Yankees' five greatest all-star moments. From Babe Ruth to Derek Jeter and Aaron Judge, the all-star game has provided a showcase for Yankees, Yankees greats to strut their stuff in front of a national audience. So Babe Ruth hit the first all-star homer in 1933. That is um, a long time ago. (laughs) The AL won that game 4-2. Lefty Gomez was the winning pitcher. Number two, Derek Jeter, the first all-star game MVP way back in 2000. Getting the starting nod at shortstop as a replacement for the injured Alex Rodriguez, Jeter contributed a 3-for-3 performance to the AL's attack at Turner Field. Jeter doubled in the first inning off Randy Johnson, then singled off Kevin Brown and Al Leiter, collecting two runs batted in and a run scored. Jeter said it was kind of baffling that he was the first Yankee to win All-Star MVP, adding, you just want to be in the right place at the right time, and obviously I was tonight. Number three, Lou Gehrig, 1937. He had four runs batted in, six total bases. The AL won 8-3. He hit a two-run homer in the third inning and a two-run double in the sixth inning. His first hit was off Dizzy Dean. I love old-time baseball names. And his double was off Van Mungo, another fantastic baseball name. Number four, Yankee Stadium takes center stage, 2008. Anyone else bitter that they couldn't go to the All-Star Game or Home Run Derby at Yankee Stadium back then? Because I'm still bitter, and it's 13 years later. That was the infamous 15-inning game. That was four hours, 50 minutes. The home run derby, Josh Hamilton putting on a display, even though he didn't win and Justin Morneau did. And there's another time Justin Morneau shouldn't have won something that he did. The AL won the game 4-3 on Michael Young's sacrifice fly. And Jeter said about that night, it seemed like the stadium didn't want it to end. And it really did because it was the last All-Star game in, well, you know what I mean. In Yankee Stadium is the last season it was open, so it was a big deal. Number five, Mariano Rivera's farewell in 2013. That game was at City Field. The AL won 3-0. Mo came in. They played Enter Sandman at City Field, which was kind of, that was kind of awesome. I have to admit that. And he said outside of his five World Series rings that that night was the best moment of of his career. He said, I told them I was honored. It was a privilege for me to play with all of them. And if I recall correctly, he made a speech to all the AL players. And then the honorable mentions, Tino Martinez in 97, Jason Giambi 2002, Robinson Cano 2012, winning the home run derbies. But Aaron Judge, obviously, in 2017 in Miami. Um, Yeah. That was quite a show, and that provided us with that hilarious Dylan Batances gif that I still like using because his face is hilarious. In a moment, I'm going to look back at some memorable Yankee Mariners matchups, because why not? They've had a few. It's been a while, but there have been a few matchups in their history that have been big. But first... 
Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and heading into the All Star break, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the NBA and NHL are in their finals. NBA starts tonight. The Montreal Canadiens played a pretty gutty game last night and prevented the sweep by Tampa Bay. So the finals are still going on. You can bet on them. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So when we were at the stadium last week, my brother and I were talking about different games that we attended and we were at a game, I want to say it was 2016 against the Mariners and the Mariners beat up on the Yankees. I think it was maybe 12-5. It was a really ugly, horrible game. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about that game. Why would I want to talk about that game? We'll talk about other games that the Yankees and Mariners have played in their history. You have the hang on to the roof game. Ugh, Don Mattingly. I get so upset when I think about that because Don Mattingly was my favorite player growing up. And as you all know, he never won a ring with the Yankees. And it's depressing, at least for us Gen Xers who grew up loving that guy. There's so many of us where, who had Don Mattingly as their first favorite player or first prominent favorite player because my first favorite player technically was Greg Nettles (laughs) but Mattingly was the first favorite player of mine that I got to see in person and really just watch all the time I mean my prime Yankee Stadium going time you know from 1983 to 1988 we went to so many games as a family especially 84 85 and 86 And those were prime Mattingly years. So there was no doubt that he would be my favorite player and anyone else around my age. You know, I turned nine in 83, 10 in 84, 11 in 85. So those are formative years right there. And there was no way that he couldn't become my favorite player. But the hang on to the roof game. Oh, boy, that was I mean, that was an amazing game. The Yankees finally make the playoffs. You know, they're playing in the series against the Mariners. And they have that game, and it's just that that call by Gary Thorne. I was up in Oswego at the time. I lost my voice. (laughs) I lost my voice watching a baseball game. I wasn't even at the baseball game, and I still lost my voice. That's how crazy I was about baseball when I was younger. Oh, it's so depressing to think about now. And it's funny because I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but for the longest time, I was really angry when people would commemorate the Yankees being eliminated by the Mariners in 1995. And then I thought to myself, that's basically the best thing that's happened to the Mariners in their history. Because after that, the Yankees went on to win four out of five World Series, you know, make all those World Series. And what did the Mariners do? Exactly. Oh, they won 116 games in 2001. But guess who knocked them out of the ALCS? That's right. There's another game I went to. Game four in the 2001 ALCS. 
And right, okay, this is what's really funny. I said to my brother, I said, I still haven't seen a walk-off home run in playoff, in my playoff experiences. I saw Jose Vizcaino's walk-off single against the Mets, but I had never seen a walk-off home run. And not even, was it a pitch later? Alfonso Soriano walked off. (laughs) It was like the universe was listening to me and said, Stace, we're going to give you a walk-off. And then the next game I attended, not a Mariners game, this time game four of the World Series, Tino hits the home run to tie and Jeter hits a walk-off. So there were two games in a row that I attended in 2001 that had walk-off home runs after not seeing one in person in the playoffs. So, yeah, and I just can't believe that that's 20 years ago. And, you know, the ALCS between the Yankees and Mariners was pretty exciting. The ALCS between them in 2000 was also pretty exciting. That gave us the David Justin get David Justin, David Justice home run. Get your tokens ready. That's one of my favorite Michael K calls, by the way, because he was just so excited about the prospect of the Subway series. As were many New Yorkers, I was not very happy about it. (laughs) I was so afraid the Mets were going to win and my Met fan friends would have that to hold over my head for decades. And thank God that didn't happen. Let's look at that beginning by the Yankees in game six of the 2000 ALCS. Why not? So, oh, Jose Paniagua. He was pitching to start the inning. That's right. So Jose Vizcaino hit a single off him. Knobloch hit a bunk ground out sacrifice that advanced Vizcaino to second. Derek Jeter hit a single that advanced Vizcaino to third. So there's two on. And then Rhodes replaces Paniagua. And David Justice, it was the fifth pitch of the uh, at-bat. And he hits the home run. You know, the Yankees are down 4-3. Then they're up 6-4. They go up 9-4 in that inning. So after Justice, Bernie hits a single, Tino hits a ground rule double, then they intentionally walk Jorge Posada. Paul O'Neill hits a single that scores Bernie and Tino. Posada makes it to second because he ran like he had a piano strapped to his back. Jose Mesa comes in, replaces Rhodes. He walks Luis Soho to load the bases. Jose Vizcaino hits a sack fly to left. It was more of a line out, but Posada is able to score, even though, as I said, he ran like he had. Oh, no. I used to describe Posada's running as him wearing a full dirty diaper with a piano strapped to his back. Then after that sack fly, Knobloch walked and then Jeter struck out looking against Jose Mesa. But it was 9-4 at that point. Then in the top of the eighth, A-Rod led off the inning with a home run to pull them within 9-5. Then Mo comes in to replace El Duque. He gives up a double to John Olerud. Raul Ibanez hits a fly out. No one advances. Uh, Olerud doesn't advance. He stays at second. Carlos Guillen hits a ground out to Mo, and Olerud still doesn't advance. Then Mark McLemore, remember him, hit a double that scored. Oh, I missed Edgar Martinez. Sorry. He walked after A Rod's home run. So he scored, Olerud scored, and that made it 9-7. So it got a little scary there. Joe Oliver comes in in the bottom of the eighth, gets Justice to strike out swinging, Williams to strike out swinging, Tino Martinez to fly out. The Mo remains in the game. He gets Stan Javier, oh my God, to ground out. Mike Cameron hits a fly ball to right. A-Rod hits a single. It was a weak single to third base, and he made it. 
then he advances to second on indifferent, defensive indifference. I can speak. And Edgar Martinez ends up grounding out to end the series. And the Yankees win. And they go to the Subway Series. And then game four of the 01 ALCS. Shane Spencer hits a ground out to start the ninth inning. Brocious hits a single, and then Alfonso Soriano hits the walk-off on the second pitch of the at-bat. So on the first pitch, I say to my brother, I've never seen a walk-off home run in a playoff game. And then, boom, he hits it. And it was amazing, and I was very excited. I lost my voice that day, too. But nothing was compared to the night of the Tino home run to tie and the Jeter home run to win against the Diamondbacks. I permanently damaged my vocal cords that night, never went to a doctor. And anytime I am somewhere where I'm talking at an above average volume for any more than 10 minutes, I will have a raspy voice the next day. So, yeah. Thank you, Tino Martinez and Derek Jeter, for helping me permanently damage my vocal cords. So to recap, we had a glorious off night last night. Yankees are playing the Mariners in Seattle tonight. Jameson Tyone against Justice Sheffield. Tomorrow, I will have my crossover episode with DC Lundberg of Locked On Mariners. I will talk to him about everything you need to know about the Mariners, but I'm sure you'll find out some things watching tonight's game. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Can I say that again? Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Tuesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you.